hour number three of the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Each week we get together on a Sunday night. We talk about the news of the week, the events of our sometimes bizarre lives. And we do so in an entertaining, informative, and unique fashion heard on 20 different radio stations throughout this formerly great nation of ours. Lots to get to in the third hour. I want to finish up our weekly look at the race for the White House 2016. Believe it or not, there is supposedly a Democratic race, although not really. And part of the reason why there is no Democratic race, Leah, is, of course, that the news media is completely and totally in the tank for Hillary Clinton. Uh, Just like they were for Barack Obama. Ding, ding, ding. And further proof of that occurred uh, a week ago tonight when CNN aired a documentary. I did not see it because... well, for a number of reasons, I didn't trust. I don't trust CNN. I knew some of the people that were involved in the documentary. It was probably a load of crap, but it was about uh, sex abuse on campus, uh, <laughs> which, which, oh which to me is incredibly, uh, inherently overblown issue. Not that I mean, see, of course, they, they've been so successful. The left has at stigmatizing, even criticizing this issue at all, that I feel badly even saying that it's overblown, right? That means they've won. When even I'm afraid to say, you know, they've totally overblown this issue. Because right, but many of the big, huge, high-profile cases turn out to be false. In a huge way, <laughs> uh, yes, uh, including, by the way, Penn State, which uh, I will continue to talk about whenever possible since I've devoted most of my life for the last three and a half years on that. But, but you're right, numerous high-profile cases turn out to be false, most high profile of which recently the University of Virginia fraternity case. Mm-hmm. Um, and But let, let's face it, the left now sees the three greatest threats or biggest problems in the world as rape on campus, mm-hmm. uh, racism on campus, and global warming, which is just, you know... It's just flat out ridiculous. I mean, it's absurd. It's flat out ridiculous, as Charles Barkley would say. That's what the left thinks are the three biggest problems facing us. So anyway, that's right. So anyway, the um, and none of which even exist. Forget about the fact Correct. that they're not even correct. Forget about them being the, the biggest, most important. None of those three exist. All right. So uh, back to the documentary. So in the, the documentary starts to air, and Hillary Clinton's Twitter feed tweets out. <laughs> Every survivor of sexual assault deserves to be heard, believed, and supported. Now, that's an extraordinary statement for anybody, regardless of whether or not the, the leading candidate to be the not just the Democratic nominee, but the next president of the United States. But that's what Hillary Clinton did. Yeah. Uh, now, let, let's take a look at this. The idea that somehow every survivor of sexual assault deserves to be heard believed and supported the implication there is that there are no false allegations which is false that's wrong there are false um and i realize that this is an incredibly difficult balancing act between trying to be you know you know this is a huge problem in these kind of situations how much scrutiny should accusers get because if they're real uh, victims you don't want to be the bad guy that that scrutinizes their story right but right. If, but if you don't you create a, an environment where false stories can reign like right at, at penn state virginia duke lacrosse that kind of stuff all right so but the left says they'd rather have a few false than miss any real that's true which of course is exactly the opposite of the classic liberal theory of due process but you know that's the definition of today's quote unquote liberal 
So, but here's, so there's the problem right there that what she's saying doesn't make a lot of sense, especially for someone who wants to be president, but there's a bigger issue. (laughs) And that, of course, is that this is a woman, at least technically married, to a man who has been accused of sexual assault, in fact, accused credibly of rape by Juanita Broderick, sued for sexual abuse by Paula Jones, but accused of actual, real, horrific rape by Juanita Broderick in a way that was so credible that even NBC Dateline uh, gave a full story to it, and the rest of the media just went, what, what was, oh, never mind, let's move on, please, <laughs> quickly. Um, and, and I mean, I believe Juanita Broderick. I mean, her story, I mean, let me put it this way. Well, Juanita Broderick is a hell of a lot more credible than a lot of other accusers that have been believed Without a problem. And if she had accused a Republican, I guarantee... Oh, forget it. That Republican would be behind bars. Yeah, no question about it. No question about it. So here she is, a, a woman who has taken part in plans to destroy, for instance, Monica Lewinsky. Oh, yeah. And, and called all that a right-wing conspiracy. And had her husband accused of sexual assault. And yet she's tweeting out every survivor of sexual assault deserves to be heard, believed, and supported. And, of course, it's a minor story on the right wing, in the right-wing media, but the mainstream media and the left-wing media, nothing. Absolute, of course not. Absolute crickets. I mean, absolutely nothing. And, and this is why she's going to be so formidable. It's not because she's a great candidate. She's terrible. She is terrible as a candidate. She, as I've often referred to her, she is a, the equivalent of McDonald's, Ronald McDonald. She's too big to fail. They can't get rid of her. She's creepy. No one likes her. But but she's got a hell of a chance to win because the media will do all her bidding. They will erase all of her mistakes. They did not actually happen. And the core of people who decide presidential elections, that, that third in the middle that aren't paying attention at all. Idiots! <laughs> they will be protected from any negative information about her. And Let's not forget, too, that she has uh, brain problems because her chief of staff, it was just revealed in emails, uh, says that she gets she's often confused. Oh, no, well, that's a great example. I'm glad you brought that up. Now, can you imagine if any Republican candidate had that email leak out that their top advisor was saying she's often confused? Uh, are you serious? I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, no, even and that's been nowhere except no, no. in the initial discovery right. from yeah. Judicial Watch. Now, because they're just not interested. And, you know, every week we could do two or three examples of this. But one really great example, Mike Allen, political reporter, uh, who I know a little bit. I've had uh, dinner with him. He's done some stories on me back when he was. Uh, butt buddies with uh, Andrew Breitbart because he realized that uh, Breitbart could make him famous because he would get uh, linked on Drudge back when Andrew was Matt Drudge's right-hand man. Uh, He's a Politico reporter who I don't really like. I think he's a bit of a D-bag. But it was released this week in emails that he promised Chelsea Clinton, quote, a no-risk interview where he would give her the questions beforehand and he had apologized for previously asking Bill Clinton an unscheduled question. They do that to Republicans all the time. (laughs) Are you kidding? And this is a guy who's incredibly influential, incredibly influential in the the mainstream Washington news media. It's just unbelievable. And this is why, 
you know, people are starting to get it about the news media. I mean, there was a poll out this week that indicated that 65% of the American people believe that the news media has a negative impact on America, which is a hell of a number. Of course, what I'm thinking is, all right, so 65%, that's pretty good. The other 35% must have been media members and their families and illegal immigrants. That was, by the way, Hillary also apologized this week for using the term illegal immigrant. How about that one? I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's absolutely what difference at this point. Does it make <laughs> because it doesn't make any, well, Hillary. It, you can just do whatever you want, which you is talk about bulletproof, which is why we are fooling ourselves that we can nominate anybody we want. That's that's my point here. It's got to be Marco Rubio with a united base behind him or she's going to win, folks. I'm sorry to tell you. All right. When we come back, more news of the week on the John and Leah show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. Co-host is Leah Brandon. She does the program from Birmingham, Alabama. I do it from just north of Los Angeles, California. Our website is www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. And there's a bunch of other news stories from this week that I want to make sure we get to between now and the end of the program. Starting with the ongoing saga of Clockboy or Clockmed, as I like to refer to him. Uh, this is a story of the uh, the boy who became <laughs> such a cause celeb on the left that he was instantly invited to the White House after having been almost arrested uh, for having brought a, uh, a clock, what he said was a clock, that looked like a bomb, into his school. And like a lot of stories, Leah Brandon, if you wait long enough... And the you truth pay, comes out. You pay attention... We learn what's really going on. It's not a big surprise to either of us. Update us on uh, Clockmed. Yes, Ahmed the Clock Boy, the Texas student who took apart a digital clock, put it in a little suitcase, and brought it to school. Uh, he claimed that it was part of an experiment, and he just wanted some extra credit. He was putting handcuffs for it because it looked like a bomb. However, he was praised by the White House and given lots of money through a GoFundMe page. He and his family went to Mecca, rubbed elbows with a butcher of Darfur, and then toured the White House and met the president. They're now living in Qatar, but his family is not done with this. They're suing the city of Irving, Texas. They want $10 million in damages for portraying him as a terrorist. They also want apologies from the mayor and the chief of police. Oh, and there's a 60-day deadline or else. Boy, that escalated quickly. Uh, okay. Now, this is a story that if you saw it in the Onion, you would go, okay, look, you've gone too far, guys. <laughs> I mean, right. you, you cannot parody this. Right. You, you cannot parody. You cannot parody the idea that that a, a, a kid named Ahmed brings a, a, a clock, alleged clock, into school. Uh, people allegedly overreact. The president tweets out an invitation to the White House. And then he, he meets with the butcher of Darfur, still gets the White House visit, moves to Qatar, and sues 
for uh, I've heard different numbers, 10 million and 15 or million. 15, mm-hmm. 15 million dollars. By, by by the way, you know, not a little bit of money, a lot of money, which indicates what this was really all about. Now, of course, uh, a it, total setup. It was a total setup. Um, now, whether or not the motive, what I still don't know is whether or not the 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 full motive. Maybe, maybe there were multiple motivations. How much of this was motivated by trying to set us all up by creating a set of circumstances where the next kid gets away with this, which, and it really is a bomb because we're afraid of cracking down on Clockmed again. Ding, 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 ding. Well, and you, when you consider the fact that his father is a would-be politician in the Muslim world mm-hmm. and that his sister apparently got involved in very similar circumstances in the past, Mm-hmm. That was my original thought, but now the the lawsuit makes me go, okay, well, obviously there's multiple motivations here, and there's probably a third because it's very clear that Clockmad loved the attention and the celebrity. I mean, of course, oh, uh, he was basking in it. Now, of course, and, and I, as I've said many times, you know, I, I've devoted most of my life, for better or for worse, over the last three and a half plus years to the Penn State case. I'm telling you, this kid is cut from the same cloth as the Penn State accusers. Exactly the same deal. And very similarly, just as everybody on the right said about Clockmed, just as the defense in the Sandusky case said, look, these kids are all going to sue and they're all going to get money. And what happened? They all got millions of dollars. And Clockboy's going to get paid. You think so? Oh, of course he's going to get paid. Even in Texas, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, Austin is in Texas, so no, <laughs> don't I, give it that much uh, credence no, no, over no, there. No, I understand that. But it just it bugs me that even in Texas now, yes. we, we think that they're going to cave and give money to this fraud. Because care is all over this. And they're yeah. like a... <laughs> A legitimate uh, terrorist organization here in America when it comes to pocketbooks. They're going after it. Well, you know, interestingly, it also came out this week that a a former liberal cause celeb with a very similar set of circumstances to to Clockmed, because he was, you know, supposedly uh, accused of of being um, a terrorist when he really wasn't. This guy. Uh, Shadig Long, a Muslim U.S. Air Force veteran who made national headlines after the Department of Homeland Security blocked him from flying to the Middle East, was arrested in Turkey for attempting to join ISIS. Ah, there we go. Now, back in 2013, Long attempted to visit his mother in Oklahoma from his home in Qatar, but when he tried to fly to the United States, he was informed that he was on the no-fly list, and the liberals went bananas. Uh, you know, the headlines saying, oh, my gosh, U.S. Muslim placed a no-fly list, unable to visit his ailing mother. MSNBC did a softball interview. Uh, Care did 22 articles on Long. And now he's been arrested uh, with other members of ISIS. Somehow I see this as the future of Ahmed. You know, yeah. In, in, somewhere down the line, of course, the media will ignore it. And they're also in Qatar. Isn't yeah. that interesting? Yeah. I mean, but but here but here's that's this story with Long is a perfect example of what we're being set up for, which is we're afraid to be politically incorrect, and it turns out time and time again, guess what? You're you in- should be. <laughs> your instincts are right for a reason. <laughs> Follow your gut, folks. It's usually right. All right, more news of the week on the John and Leah Show when we come back.
Welcome back. This is the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. And as we review the news of the week, Leah, I would be remiss if I didn't at least mention the uh, the stunning statement by President Obama regarding uh, what he thought would be a tremendous rebuke to the ISIS terrorists who killed so many in Paris uh, regarding um, his response, which is to hold a global climate summit. Uh, why don't we hear a little bit about that? Okay. And next week, I will be joining President Roulon and world leaders in Paris for the Global Climate Conference. What a powerful <clears throat> rebuke to the terrorists it will be. <laughs> yes, I'm sure. I'm sure that ISIS was just going, oh, my gosh. I sure wish we hadn't killed all those people in Paris because we've just been rebuked. Because because these people are going to get together and plot to destroy their own economies for us by trying by trying to tackle a problem they say is bigger than us, which doesn't even exist. Yeah, I'm sure President Obama, they're just quaking in their boots. That uh, it's just you, insanity. I, give, I will give him a small measure of slack on this because. I think part of what he meant was, hey, we're still going to get, you know, the leaders of the world are still going to gather close to where this attack took place, which isn't that big of a rebuke. But, okay, I get symbolically you could argue that. But he was trying to connect the fight against global climate change, uh, you know, because he then went on to say we're going to make the world a better place for everybody. No, you're not. You're going to destroy our economies for no purpose except to, to abide by this bizarre religion that the left has created that's based on nothing but fantasy, which is what I think global warming is. And, and even if it's real, as I've said a million times, there's not much we can do about it now. And frankly, the globe is too damn cold as it is. So, I mean, we got a hell of a lot more important things. And by the way, polls are now showing, much to the frustration of the left, that the vast, vast, vast majority of the American public agrees with me, at least philosophically, that this is not a big problem. Exactly. Which uh, is frustrating the hell out of uh, the left because they just don't understand it. They think for sure they're right, and they own all of the the vehicles of communication, the entire media complex, industrial complex is behind them on this. And yet they, right. they still can't convince us. Maybe All the weather people are bought and paid for. NOAA, NASA, yeah. everybody. They are. The fix is in and they still can't get it to work. It must drive them crazy. And the big problem is people can look outside their window. <laughs> That's really what the big problem for the left is. And they go, people people can generally, not always, use their common sense. And they realize, okay, wait a minute. But for, by the way, a lot of people, I think, just instinctually understand, didn't we have cooling and warming uh, eras way, way, way before the Industrial Revolution? I mean, didn't I learn that's that in right. school somewhere? The Ice Age, remember? Right. Yeah. I, it's just... <laughs> Anyway, all right, so that's the rebuke that this president sends to ISIS. Um, as you hopefully know, if you've ever listened to this program before, I've written a book called The uh, the Death of Free Speech. It was uh, far more prescient than I realized. I had no idea that in 10 years we would basically be in a situation where, if not because of government control, at least because of intimidation fostered by the government, people are afraid to say anything anymore, especially on college campuses. Uh, but there was an episode involving a government entity in New York City and a rather ironic situation of uh, free speech uh, curtailing, stifling, censoring that, uh, Leah, why don't you tell us about that? 
Yeah, it's from the Life Imitating Art category. An ad campaign for a TV show from Amazon has been yanked from the subways in New York City. The ad was for a fictitious show called The Man in the High Castle. In the show, it depicted the United States in the 60s after having lost World War II. We have no free speech, no free religion, any of that. Fascism rules. So the ads basically wrapped the seats on the subway. So when you walk in, you see a big American flag on the seats, but there are no stars. Instead, it's a German eagle and an iron cross. Now, the Democratic mayor, Bill de Blasio, called the ads irresponsible and offensive, even though they'd been approved by the Transit Authority. But then the governor himself, Andrew Cuomo, in a fascist move, (laughs) decided to put the pressure on Amazon and they caved uh, despite this whole thing depicting a fictitious fascist government. Right. So the point of this, which you've outlined very well, is the the utter hypocrisy and and irony, really, of a a situation where we've got a TV show that's depicting what happens in the United States if Germany had won World War II. Mm -hmm. Fascism reigns. We have no free speech, which I think is a fascinating concept. Sounds like an incredibly important uh, TV program. I, I wish I had access to it. I don't get Amazon Prime. Uh, I might I might consider getting it just if this is as good as it looks. But the point here is that they have their advertising campaign, which had been approved effectively, not maybe technically, but effectively banned by the government entity the, right. uh, of the state of New York. Now, you know, look, it, the, the mayor is perfectly within his rights to say the campaign was inappropriate because I can understand people being a little freaked out when they go on the subway and they see the seats uh, looking like that. I mean, it was it was an interesting marketing campaign. I, I actually wonder whether or not they anticipated something like this happening when they created the marketing campaign. But that doesn't so matter. they could get more ads for it. Yeah, I, I don't know. Bigger but, bang. But it doesn't matter. See, th- there's a principle at work here. Whatever happened to the mayor saying, I think this is inappropriate, and then that was it. That, no. That's the way it should be. The mayor is well within his rights to say, you know, I don't like that ad campaign, and maybe they shouldn't have done that. Um, you know, maybe they should reconsider, but it's their choice. That's the way it's supposed to work here. It's, but the left has lost their flipping minds because now they become everything they say they despised. So, so now they're the fascists. Cause they are. They are absolutely the fascists. They're using the government to intimidate people into not being allowed to say what they want to say, even when it's about a fictitious TV show. It's unreal. Uh, It's unreal. And this has huge implications. It has a a massive chilling effect because, by the way, the next time somebody has a remotely controversial ad campaign, they're probably not even going to bother. They're going to know this is going to get shot down. Um, and I've had it, I've had similar situations happen, you know, because I tend to deal in controversial topics. And even I will at times go, well, wait a minute. Um, if I do this, even though there's nothing wrong with it, I'm going to get shot down. So why bother? It, it, there's an enormous chilling effect that these types of situations have on speech, which, of course, is what the left wants. Because, ironically, they don't want people to know the dangers of what they're doing. And this Correct. and this TV show could have actually educated people as to the dangers because it's damn close to what we're living in now. And we're certainly seeing that on our college campuses. And we've seen there's there, there's literally dozens 
of episodes that I could pick from any particular week. But this one caught my eye this week, Leah. Uh, <laughs> under the headline from the Daily Caller, Massachusetts school offers counseling for victims of, wait for it, a Confederate flag sticker. You know what? what? Just shut. (laughs) We need to have a new agency, the Shut Up Agency. (laughs) Could you add an F in there? (laughs) Could you you add an F somewhere in the acronym? I'm sending you to the Shut Up Agency. (laughs) Here's the story. After a student filed a biased report. Now, right there, doesn't that sound like something? Oh, yeah, biased. Okay. A biased report. That sounds like something, you know, the, 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 the Gestapo would, would put out. Filing a, a bias report accusing a student with a Confederate flag sticker on his laptop of racism, Framingham State University offered offended students counseling, saying, quote, we recognize that bias incidents are upsetting for the entire campus community. But especially for the targets and witnesses of the targets, <laughs> target who's targeting. But I, I think the witness word is even worse. So it's not just the targets; it's anybody who, who witnessed it that it's it's uh, <laughs> that it's upsetting for them too. Um, all right, now this, the person who said that, by the way, uh, is the chief diversity and inclusion officer. There you go. Uh, there you go. In a campus-wide email. They're looking for something to do, by oh, the way. Absolutely. These chief diversity officers have Abs- to keep their cushy job. Ding, ding, ding. In a campus-wide email, they wrote, it is strongly suggested that anyone impacted by a bias incident oh. find someone to speak with. Oh, In the email, they assured students that symbols such as these are not condoned by Framingham State University but that the school wouldn't ban the flag as it is protected by First Amendment free speech rights. Hey, you know what? At, I like that. At least for now. You know, well, wait a minute. Hold on a second. <laughs> at least for now. At least for now. <laughs> they didn't write that, but it was implied. Quote, <laughs> we absolutely believe everyone is due and should be able to exercise their constitutional rights. We want to foster a community and an environment where everyone feels, wait for it, safe. Feels safe and welcome. If we have a student or faculty or staff that feels unsafe based on something that was said or they witnessed, we have an obligation to inform the campus that it has occurred. Why? Why do you have that obligation to tell people? They concluded the email by saying a productive discussion between the complainant and the student who owned the laptop with the Confederate sticker on it was, quote, achieved mission oh my god <laughs> and that the bias protocol and response team will meet to determine any measures that may be needed to respond to this incident well how many people are on that team and how much are they getting paid oh it's just it is it's just flat out ridiculous we, we've left the gravitational pull of the earth and it's just fl- it's just funny it really is you have to laugh it, it is you, i love it you have you stupid colleges you have to laugh but i'm telling you uh these kids are going to turn into adults and they're not going to suddenly change for the better i mean this is this is a massive problem we got going forward here and free speech is absolutely imperiled all right when we come back um we'll wrap things up with uh, the phenomenon that has rocked the world that is adele on the uh, Free Speech Broadcasting Network.
This is the final segment of this edition of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. And I mentioned earlier in this hour, I wrote a book called The Death of Free Speech. One of the things I talk about extensively in that book, Leah, is how fragmented we as a society have become largely because our media has become so incredibly fragmented, including the music industry, Mm -hmm. uh, where over the last uh, decade or so, because of changes in technology and the uh, business model of music, uh, very, very few artists are able to break out and be, for instance, for lack of a better term, household names or have songs that cross beyond a particular demographic. Uh, everything's very micro focused now instead of macro. It's about getting your your demo, you know, 18 to 25 year old women uh, excited about your song. You'll be able to make enough money to get another album. Well, that all changed. Maybe. Right. Maybe because <laughs> uh, the business model is broken largely, is. Ex- except for the, the I guess what you might call the black swan events. The black swan events are the ones that blow everything out of the water. And that's happened in the music industry over the last uh, week or so. With regard to the new uh, comeback album from Adele, tell us about what's mm-hmm. been going on there. Yeah, the new album is called 25. Now, it sold nearly as many copies. This thing has shattered records. Just to put it in perspective, it has sold nearly as many copies in its first week as Taylor Swift's three most recent albums in their opening weeks combined. Wow. And, yeah. and Taylor Swift's as big as it gets in this day and age. She's gigantic. <laughs> right. <laughs> She's gigantic. Now, one industry trade magazine uh, reports that 25 sold 3.4 million copies in its first week. And just to put that into perspective, okay, that is a million more than the previous record holder, which is uh, NSYNC's No Strings Attached. So that hasn't happened since the year 2000. They sold 2.4 million. She has sold at least 3.4 million in the first week. Now, here's the deal. First of all, I actually like it when we, as a country, at least share, at least partially share, something in common, because other than the Super Bowl and who our president is, there's almost nothing we have in common. And right. when it comes to the president, all we have in common is do we hate him or do we love him? Um, or her coming up, unfortunately, I think. But I digress. Uh, so, you know, I'm actually in favor of anything that breaks out to the point where more than just one very small demographic is into it and aware of it. So good for Adele. And I think she's got a great voice. Um, I don't understand the phenomenon that is hello. Maybe you can explain it to me. You're the music person. I mean, the song seems nice. The the video has been seen on YouTube, I think like 500 million (laughs) times. That's way more eyeballs than will watch the Super Bowl in this country. And I don't even understand the video. Uh, it, it makes no sense to me. Uh, so part of me doesn't get it. I mean, I, she's got a nice voice. I get that. Um, I do believe, and you may or may not agree with this, I do think that there is something uh, very commercially advantageous to being a woman who is good-looking but fat. Because, oh, yeah. Because, oh, so you agree with me on this. Oh, yeah. Uh, because I think women gravitate towards that instinctively. I mean, there's a lot of fat women in this country, let's face it, uh, a lot of fat people, and uh, and they love the fact that Adele is seen as like a star and a little bit of a sex symbol, even though she's fat. Yeah, but um, she's really pretty. No, I mean, she is she's, pretty. 
No. She's really pretty. I agree. So that so that, that shit works for her because she gets the benefit of both. I mean, she's pretty enough to be a star, but she's also fat to relate to the normal person. Um, and she's got a great voice. I get all that. But I'm just curious. Can you help me understand the hello phenomenon or not? Well, I mean, everybody uh, has a relationship like hello. I mean, it's it's uh, it's the relationship that maybe the one who got away or, you know, the one that you just can't stop thinking about. And so a hello is sort of like years down the road. You're still thinking about this this person and you'd like to talk to them, but they're never there. Maybe I was put off by the video. I, I, you know, I haven't I'm, seen the video yet. Oh, so you're the one. <laughs> you're the one yeah. person in America has not seen the video. Uh, you know, MTV, you know, really trained me not to watch videos. So. Well, see, what I don't understand is how why anyone buys music at all anymore. Because if the song is popular, it's on YouTube. You can just get on your phone whenever you want. I mean, what, I mean to me, I, I don't understand. I mean, I guess the quality's a little bit better if you if you buy it. But uh, I, my ear's not that good, obviously. So, I, I, look, good for Adele. I find it interesting. It's an interesting phenomenon. It, I mean, the records are just unbelievable. I mean, what she's doing is statistically absurd. Uh, so therefore, it's inherently noteworthy and interesting. But yeah. I, I, I don't fully get it. But maybe I'm not the demographic. I mean, you know, I'm too. Well, old. I mean, if you've ever broken someone's heart and then you think about it for years to come, uh, you know, and you might want to go back and reach out to them and go, hey, you know, listen, uh, what I did was really bad. They're all. Who are you? Uh, I've got a husband and five kids and, you know. Well, I guess so. that's why I didn't find it very realistic because people <laughs> people move on. I mean, that's uh, the, Yeah, the, well, you know, sometimes, maybe sometimes you do something really horrible to somebody you don't. All right. Uh, I want to end the program by um, kind of the way we began it, which is, uh, you know, in back to the world of sports, we started with Kobe Bryant's very emotional letter announcing his retirement next year. Uh, which basically broke the internet. And tonight, another major sports figure has effectively been retired because the Denver Broncos upset the previously undefeated New England Patriots on Sunday night television in overtime. Tom Brady's out of there? No, 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 no. It's all over for Peyton Manning because his replacement, Brock Osweiler, just led the Broncos to an upset overtime victory on national television so when Peyton's foot heals um Peyton I think you might need a few more weeks to make sure that foot is all healed up before you actually come back uh, I have a feeling I think I have a feeling we might have seen the last of uh, Peyton Manning much like uh well we haven't yet well we've seen the last of the real Kobe Bryant uh because that one left a few years ago but Kobe says he's going to play the rest of the year uh, and have his farewell tour. I don't think Peyton Manning's even going to get a farewell tour. Uh, yeah, I don't have a problem with that, the way they toss Tim Tebow. I have no problem with that at all. You like Tebow that much that you have bitterness towards the Broncos, even though they yes. they actually gave him a job. No one else gave him a job. Yes, but you know what? He was doing great, and they caved to pressure. Ah, oh, it just drove me crazy. No, they caved because he sucked. He got, he got him in the playoffs but for the was, first time he, since whatever. It, it, it was unbelievably lucky, Leah. I mean, well, it, hey, it, was, it happened. Uh, it was unbelievably lucky. I mean, it, it, Tebow's stretch there where he won a playoff game for the Broncos almost made me believe in an act of God. Well, <laughs> it almost made me believe that maybe, just maybe, there's hey, a God. It happened. Uh, and it, it cares. doesn't matter. It happened. Well, and they treated him like just dirt. Well, then how come no one else is giving him a job since, for all intents and purposes? 
Because they don't want to touch him. The right. crazy lunatic, the fringe that, that you know, the controversy that surrounds now, him. I, you know very well I, they don't want controversy. I agree to that to a certain extent that he is a distraction. I agree with you yes. that the, the media created Tim Tebow and they did make it more difficult for him. But he's not good enough to play. Uh, but, Leah, uh, as always, a lot of fun. We'll talk to you next week. Our podcast will be available Monday morning at freespeechbroadcasting.com. Until next Sunday, have a great week. I'm John Ziegler. Good night.